Wednesday, December 27th. Welcome on back to the Damon Bruce Show. No days off. A lot of filling hosts in the world. A lot of bad shows out there. A lot of network radio out there. It, 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 it's all garbage. It's good to have you here. Thank you very much. Thank you for coming on back. I'll tell you, man, Niner fans, it's been a rough week. It's been a rough week. I can see it in my views. Oh, my God. The traffic has crashed on the channel. I mean, we were uh, lots and lots of views, lots of excitement. Then everyone's like, oh, man, I need a few days off from the 49ers. I get it. Everyone can use a few days off, but no days off. We go forward. It is good to have you here. Thank you for joining me. So many regulars in the room. Great to see you all. Your loyalty, your love, I feel it. I really do. You're all the best. Uh, you know, skills report, Sam Bruno, Mike. We got Law Professora, True Blue Forever. We got Stacy. We got AJ Cruz. We got Erwin. Uh, we got everybody in here today. And I don't have the ability to show it to you, but I can track back here just on my uh, on my phone. Uh, the skills report dropped a $5.97 super chat that said, last night I dreamed of the late Richard Belzer. I played piano and I flushed perfectly good clothes down a toilet. Here's some money. All right, so we're already into the ganja jar early this morning or we're there late last night and look at the dreams that you had. Thank you for sharing. It's a safe space in this community. You can share your how weird you are over here and feel good about it. Uh, it is really good to have you here. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to Otis Bird and all the regular. I mean, it's, it's great to see so many names. Ike, he's saying it. No days off, baby. No day, What do you think? People don't want sandwiches? He's going to work. I'm going to work. People need this sports talk. You're going to get this podcast. By the way, the podcast, views might be down. Podcast listens are up. Most amount of podcasts downloaded ever for me in a single month, and the month isn't over, so I thank you very much for doing that. Uh, we got uh, Michael say, we're, we're just looking our wounds here as we go. Yeah, I get it. That was, that was a rough, rough loss to the Ravens. Old Dirty Hungus. Good morning, you filthy animals. Good morning to you. Good morning. A sip of the day right off the rip. I mean, there it is. That was a good one. I, I, I planned that one. It was going to come up early today. I could just tell by the, the time that the coffee hit the stove this morning. Uh, anyways, we have for you today Kyle Shanahan's personal, 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 personal quest to win a Super Bowl. Now, obviously, this is very much a professional quest, uh, but it's more than that for him. It's personal because it's the family business. Coaching football is the appointed Shanahan family business. His daddy did it, and he's doing it too. And he's doing it with great regard, a ton of respect, but he is short of the ultimate prize. For a great mountain climber to say they are a great mountain climber, they have to summit the mountain. And Kyle needs a Super Bowl. Probably more than any other coach in the NFL needs their Super Bowl. He is the next in line for the, all right, if you are who we think you are, you got to go ahead and win this. But he's under real no professional pressure. And when I say professional pressure, I don't mean how his peers regard him or how those in the league regard him. Uh, the coaching brotherhood is a small brotherhood. There aren't many of them in the world. Being an NFL head coach, uh, there is a, a better chance you're going to be a congressman 
than an NFL head coach, just mathematically, right? I mean, it is not an easy job to attain. So there's always pressure to get there, to perform, to look good, to do yourself right. But a lot of coaches have to win just to keep their jobs. Kyle Shanahan, as much as he needs a Super Bowl, cannot win a Super Bowl this year, and he's keeping his job. As a matter of fact, he has just agreed to a terms and conditions unknown contract extension, which means he is he is under no umbrella if, if you don't deliver this right now, you're out of here. Kyle Shanahan is an awful lot of job security, but the pressure for him to win a Super Bowl is so, so real and you can see it on him. Again, the professional pressure is to only live up to the standards of the profession. Again, coaches know each other. They become envious of what others have won. And Kyle doesn't have that much to be envious about. He's won enough, but he hasn't won that ultimate prize. He's already got the third most playoff wins in franchise history, Kyle Shanahan. Uh, only both uh, Walsh and Seaford have won 10 playoff games in their careers as 49ers head coach. Kyle's already won six playoff games. He is the third winningest playoff coach in franchise history without the Super Bowl. He's already got the fourth most regular season wins as a 49ers head coach. Only Seifert, Walsh, and Buck Shaw, who was the franchise's first ever coach from 1946 to 54, one more regular season games than Kyle Shanahan. So he's already fourth. You know, I mean, he has done a spectacular job since taking over the 49ers and rebuilding this entire team on the fly. He really has. So there's no chance he's about to lose a job. That's that's not the type of pressure that he is under. He's got security out the wazoo. He really does. But his father's shadow... And only he really knows what that means to him, right? O only he knows what that really means to him. So I, I, I don't know how desperate he is to get out of his father's shadow, but every single son wants to do better than their parents. And, and, and that's, that's how the world works. So there's obviously that. There's media criticism, which I can tell you, I think officially means less to him than it might other coaches, but it gets through. You know, Kyle can't pretend that he can avoid all the noise. I'm sure he hears the compliments about how the entire league has stolen his running game, all the things that Brian Baldinger will say about how good he is in a baldy breakdown. There, there is no doubt that the information that you'd think, well, coaches tune that out, it still gets to him. But I don't think that that's where really the pressure is coming from. The pressure that Kyle feels is personal. He needs this. He doesn't need this for the Niners. He doesn't need this for his own job security. He doesn't need this for his family tree. He needs this. I really think you can see that on him. The man has been the 49ers head coach now for seven years, and there is... 
there's no doubt he's aged about 15 years in these seven years. You can tell that this is wearing on him, that he knows that there is a special, good enough to get it done group, and all he needs to do is get them healthy enough and in the right game with the right opponent and get the right breaks, and my God, he could win a Super Bowl. Now, an awful lot of moving parts there, right? There's a lot of moving parts there, but the parts have moved in a way that really... I think he knows he's got this year and he's got next year to get it done. And if not done in those two years, he is back to the drawing board with a whole new plan around a whole new economic model because Brock Purdy is going to get paid here at some point in time. Um, look, it, it, it it ain't, it, it ain't easy being a head coach in football and it certainly isn't healthy. It can't improve life expectancy. You know, normally when people make millions upon millions of dollars, their life expectancy goes up, but that doesn't really happen in football. Like the longer you are around to cash those NFL paychecks, the shorter you might be around on the earth itself. Football takes years off of guys' lives. And I don't even think it's all like CTE related, just the stress, the pressure, the lack of sleep, the bad nutrition, everything that goes into the, you are on the job almost 20 hours a day during the regular season. It's a brutal lifestyle. Kyle knows the time is right. It's right now. He's got the talent and he needs this. Again, he he doesn't need it for the Niners. He's not on a quest for six. He's on a quest for one he needs this. So that's what I was kind of thinking about. That's where my mind was as I was preparing for this show this morning. And then it, it got me to thinking about, well, let's put together a power ranking of who else needs this and in what order do they need this. And we will get there in just a second. But first, let me uh, thank in order my sponsors here who do an amazing job supporting what I'm doing the same way you as viewers, as plusers, as members, as super chatters support what I'm doing. My man Ike supports what I'm doing. He's already in the chat today. No days off. And uh, Ike has got the most delicious sandwich you're going to eat all week waiting for you at his restaurant. All you need to do is throw a dart at his menu. You're going to find one of the most delicious sandwiches you've ever had. That's the way it is at Ike's. Everything there is fantastic. The ingredients, the love that's put into the sandwich, the way it's prepared, the way it gets delivered. If you are using that Ike's Rewards app, I'm telling you, there isn't a better sandwich anywhere out there. Get yourself one at Ike's if you're not already a believer. If you're not among the initiated, you need to be. So get yourself an Ike's. Uh, we're giving love to all of our sponsors this holiday weekend. So let me, or well, we're past the holidays, but we're not quite at New Year's. So we're still in that holiday window. Mybookie.ag, you want to do some, uh, uh, make some plays on some of these bowl games. You're looking for the best odds, the best props. You're looking for a few casino games. Go to mybookie.ag and use promo code Damon when you sign up. Uh, if you're in the mood for a burger, get yourself to Uncle Boy's in the Inner Rich. Uncle Boy's is just fantastic. They sponsor the Friday Good for Ball, Bad for Ball, Michael Urban Memorial segment. But we want to give Uncle Boy's a shout out on this day. And we want to shout out Hughes Orthopedics as well, who is sponsoring Post Game and Damon. The next time you'll be seeing Post Game and Damon will be Sunday afternoon. 
49ers are heading to the Commanders, and there's a little news around that game that we'll get to in just a second. Um, but post game is brought to you by Hughes Orthopedics, and if you are in the uh, market for invasive, painful joint replacement, hip replacement, knee replacement, shoulder replacement surgery, you go see Dr. Paul Hughes and go to orthopedicsurgeries.com to avoid an orthopedic surgery with his cellular replacement therapy, which gave me the Kobe Bryant knee. My knee went from barking at me every day to sleeping in front of the fireplace, all curled up and nuzzly. So this man knows what he's doing. He's got the science. Uh, He's got the website, orthopedicsurgeries.com. He's got his office in San Bruno. So make sure you check out Dr. Paul Hughes. And I thank all of our sponsors. I thank all of you. Um, Let's see. We've got got our friend uh, Werewolves of Sanger saying, I'm retired. So all days off. That must be nice. That must be really nice. Retirement does sound nice, but I'm not ready. And I still like what I do. I mean, I, I really love what I do. Uh, again, if I, if I hit the Powerball, we're right back here and we're doing this show. So I, I'm, I'm not doing this. This, this, this. this is something I love doing. So I love doing it with you. Thank you for being a part of this. It means an awful lot. So we got our sponsors taken care of. I see you are out there super chatting just a little, and uh, that's taking care of me. My buddy, Mark Persante, thank you very, very much, Mark, dropping a twin, a $20 bill into the JJ Raider ganja jar. We thank you very much, Mark. Appreciate that an awful lot. Let's see what else we got. I thought I saw a second one pop up, and indeed, I did. This is Mike Man. People are asking why I'm wearing my 49ers gear yesterday. My pride doesn't fade after one bad game. Thank you. Thank you. I'll tell you, Niner fans, there's an awful lot of you that ran for the hills and clutched pearls and did not comport yourself with much dignity after that loss to the Ravens. But so is the fan these days. It's a shame. It really is. Uh, there are a lot of people who, like, uh, again, the, the Niners could win 50 games in a row. They could have a bad game in that 51st game, and you got a segment of this fan base that wants people fired and jobs snatched and contracts torn up, and it is an overreacting bunch of bitches that some of you are. Let's be completely honest with you. We're going we're gonna to pat you on your back when you're filling opposing stadiums. We're also going to wag the finger of shame at you when you start hopping off bandwagons that's, that's ridiculous. This team can still be a one seed, for God's sakes. People are acting like, oh, no, the window to win anything is officially closed, and it was shut by the Baltimore Ravens. Calm down. Have, not, have you not been paying attention to the lessons I've been trying to teach you all year? So go ahead, hit like, hit subscribe. Uh memberships are available. If you dig what we're doing over here and you really want to support this channel, think about becoming a member. You get fancy badges of honor along the way, and you'll get exclusive content from Sports Bane that uh, I heard is just spectacular. Uh, You'll have to judge for yourself. Pressure to win power rankings on the 49ers. So look, we opened the show with Kyle because he's number one with a bullet. 
Like, it's not professional. He's not in danger of losing his job. None of these guys are about to lose their jobs without a Super Bowl. But the pressure to win and what it would change about what people say about you as you're regarded in this league, that's the power rankings here. Kyle Shanahan is number one with a bullet. All of a sudden, Kyle goes from guy who can't win the big one to the number one draft pick of if you could have any coach in this league, who would you have? The minute he wins a Super Bowl, watch the knee pads come out because people will be blowing him. The minute he wins a Super Bowl, the minute Kyle wins a Super Bowl, his track to Canton gets laid down right in front of him. Kyle will be the 49ers winningest head coach. It's going to happen. So you're the winningest head coach in this historic franchise's history with the Lombardi Trophy. You get to go to Canton. So Kyle's got that. Number two, and this is going to where I already know there's going to be a little pushback, but hear me out. The second most pressure to win a Super Bowl is on the guy who is officially playing with house money at this point, and that is Brock Purdy. Because Brock Purdy has gone from really good story to everyone is watching and you better be great all the time, like overnight. You know, you can't go from adorable final pick of the draft story to legitimate MVP candidate and then just be graded upon, well, he was the last pick in the draft. No, the scale is, we're not moving the goals, but there's a sliding scale of expectations. And here is why there'd be the most pressure on Brock. First of all, there is no more pressure on any position in professional sports like there is pressure on a quarterback to win, especially when you get close to the Super Bowl. All the lights and attention fall on quarterbacks. Right or wrong, that's the way it goes. Beyond all of that, Purdy would have the single greatest this is my second contract negotiating chip that any quarterback could put on the table. It's overwhelming to say, hey, I just want a Super Bowl for you on a rookie contract making $800,000 a year. I'm coming back for my next contract and I've I've given you a Lombardi trophy already. I mean, if you think if you think he's in in line for a big payday, wait until you see what that payday would look like with a Lombardi trophy. You know, he's getting he's getting that Joe Flacco, you won a Super Bowl with the Ravens money if 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 he wins one. So there's a tremendous amount of pressure on a young man still early in his career, but what a launching pad earlier in your career if you win a Super Bowl by the time your second season is over as a quarterback on a rookie deal. Holy shit. Kyle number one, Brock Purdy number two. Again, no one's about to lose their job. This is just pressure of what a Super Bowl would do for the rest of your career. Number three is George Kittle. Hey, George Kittle is starting to become an old man in the NFL. Time is beginning to run out. You know, if if that scene in the movie where they flip the hourglass over and the sand starts to run from one bulb to the lower bulb, 
That has officially been turned over for George Kittle. He's in year seven. He is, with two more games, going to have 99 regular season NFL games on his body. That's more than most ever get. That doesn't even include postseason play for George Kittle. And look, a Super Bowl trophy goes from, do you think George Kittle is a Hall of Famer, to George Kittle's a Hall of Famer. A Super Bowl trophy guarantees George Kittle a gold jacket and a bust in Canton one day. So there's the pressure of that, and there's the reality that he would then be, without a doubt, the second most popular tight end on planet Earth. George Kittle gets marketing opportunities right now that only Travis Kelsey, who really got them through his football excellence, and then, of course, the transferred fame of Taylor Swift upon him. Travis Kelsey is the most marketable tight end in the history of tight ends right now. George Kittle would be second. He probably already is, but with a Super Bowl trophy, George Kittle is selling more than Zenny eyeglasses because he's such a great pitchman and he's so likable and people love George Kittle. The love for George Kittle would explode. The reputation for George Kittle, the business opportunities, and the trip to Canton would be guaranteed. So there's an awful lot of pressure on Kittle, who, again, is on the the back nine of his career at this point in his career. Number four, in terms of pressure to win a Super Bowl, because time is running out, it's Trent Williams. He can't have more than one or two seasons left in that body of his. So he's running out of opportunities to do this for sure. And he might not ever have a better opportunity. Again, he can be a great player as long as he wants. Was his quarterback healthy? Was the defense right? Was his team as good as this team is to win a Super Bowl? Opportunities like this don't come around very often in careers. This is the best chance Trent Williams is ever going to have to win a Super Bowl. So in the it better be now or never category, he is living there probably more than any other 49er. You know, the chances of him retiring are probably greater than any other 49er. So beyond all that, he goes from, he's going to the Hall of Fame to the possibility of being a first ballot Hall of Famer. That's what a Super Bowl trophy would mean for Trent Williams. He's going to go to the Hall of Fame. Did you go to the Hall of Fame on your first ballot? That's what a Super Bowl trophy could do for him. I'm only going to go through five, and I'm going to cheat a little because at five, I've got two players tied. Both of these guys are established. Both of these guys are beloved amongst 49ers fans, and I'm going to tell you that both of these guys will be the first beloved 49ers that fans turn on if they don't win a Super Bowl in this window. Everybody likes Nick Bosa, and everybody likes Debo Samuel. But if there's one thing I know about 49ers fans is they will turn on their own, and they will try to sound like they are smarter football fans by talking about cap space and pretending to be a general manager, and the knives will come out for the paychecks that belong to both Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel. First of all, great players win big games in their prime. Both of these guys are in their prime right now. Nick Bosa is going to be 
bona fide with or without a Lombardi trophy. With a Lombardi trophy, that guy is officially on a Hall of Fame path. That guy officially eats in this town for free. With a Lombardi trophy, Nick Bosa will never have to hear a word about his paycheck or the amount of salary cap that is committed to a defensive end. He'll never have to hear not a word of it if he wins a championship. Same thing with Debo. Debo Samuel is being paid like a number one wide receiver, and he ain't one. He's a a number one football player, but he's not really a number one wide receiver. Debo Samuel, with the Super Bowl, gets to eat for free forever and gets the respect of the league given to him. Without that, he will morph into an overpaid gadget guy. So there's pressure on both of those highly paid players to get it done now. Because if it's not done now, their highly paid nature might make it harder to build the best team possible around them. And all of a sudden now they're getting the blame. Because I know how you fans think and work. I know you. I've been talking to you for years. You're not going to fool me. So there you go. There's my pressure to win power rankings. Kyle, number one with a bullet. Brock Purdy, George Kittle, Trent Williams, and then a tie in fifth spot for Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel. Here's who didn't make the list. Christian McCaffrey didn't make the list because Super Bowl or not, he's the best running back in football. He also wears the crown of baddest white boy in the game. So he's bona fide. He he doesn't have to worry about anything. No one's ever said, this running back has to have a Lombardi trophy in order to be a great running back. Doesn't need to happen. Brandon Ayuk. Again, no matter what happens this year, Brandon Ayuk is about to get that bag in his next deal, Super Bowl or not, so there's less pressure on him. Uh, Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw, all I can tell you about the two of them is that neither Patrick Willis nor Navarro Bowman ever won a Lombardi trophy, and those guys are regarded in this town as still two of the best that ever did it. I don't think their reputations are on the line in any way, shape, or form. The one guy who might have made the list... When I thought about it, because again, the sand running out of your hourglass and the possibility of a Lombardi trophy elevating you to Canton, Kyle Juszczyk. I know we don't put Hall of Fame, we don't, we don't put fullbacks in the Hall of Fame, really. But Kyle Juszczyk might be eligible to be in that rarest of Hall of Fame fullbacks, that that eensy-weensy, teeny-tiny group that is becoming smaller by the day. It's like, it's, I mean, it's, it's like advertising and radio and fullbacks. It's hard to see which is disappearing faster. Um, but it, it, I think Kyle Juszczyk came close to making my list, but he's still, again, he's, he, he's fine. Everyone knows how good he is and that's not going to change, but Chances of maybe going to Canton one day with a Lombardi trophy, he could get there. So maybe he deserves to be on my list of power rankings and pressure. But there's also never been a single person in the media who's ever said like, boy, the pressure to win a a Super Bowl falls squarely on the shoulders of this team's fullback. Doesn't happen. One last bit on the Niners 
before we move on to some other NFL news and just a little on the NBA, I promised Jillian I would keep shows short this week with both boys being off from school. I got to go up and corral monkeys. Um, There's a lot of people who have said that, you know, the 49ers got exposed by the Ravens. Brock Purdy got exposed by the Ravens. And, oh, Kyle Shanahan got exposed by John Harbaugh. I I don't think that that happened, really. I don't think that that happened. And if you do, I guess that's your right. But to me, everything offensively was going pretty well for the 49ers right until all those interceptions came up. And the first interception was a billion percent on Brock. The other three were unfortunate football incidents that didn't go the Niners' way. And I'm not trying to absolve Brock of any responsibility there. There, Those are his interceptions. But you got two goofy tip drills. And it was just, it was, it was weird. And his arm was hit. So there was a breakdown in protection on one of them. So, you know, they're explainable. Oh, you're making excuses. Whatever. You know, if you're going to accuse me of making excuses for trying to see through what those interceptions really represented, I need some people who are playing the, well, the 49ers got exposed and Kyle Shanahan got exposed and everything got exposed and exposed and exposed and exposed. Uh, you, you need to look at some of the evidence that shows that Kyle did have a pretty good game plan and things were going really well until the turnovers came. In the first half, I saw this from Akash Enavaranthian, who I got to get back here on the channel. In the first half, the 49ers ripped off the following chunk plays against the Ravens. Kittle had a catch for 58 yards. McCaffrey had a rush for 14 yards. Ayuk had a catch for 18 yards. Kittle had another catch for 20 yards. Debo had a catch for 15 yards. And McCaffrey had a rush for 39 yards. Those are big, explosive chunk plays, which means the right game plan was out there. The matchups were being found and exploited. But unfortunately, you turn the ball over five times. Like Larry Kruger said, you know, you get 10 possessions, 11, 12 possessions most in a football game. You give away five of them, you're not going to win. So again, things were going well for the team that got so exposed. But look, sometimes it just ain't your day. I think the 49ers are a really good football team who had a really bad day of football. Luckily, I think that will be in their rearview mirror just based on their next opponent alone. And that brings us to the other news that happened in the NFL that is going to affect the 49ers because the 49ers are going to be facing Jacoby Brissett when the Washington Commanders come up on the schedule Sunday. Ron Rivera is benching Sam Howell after he just started 15 games in a row Uh, Whether or not Sam Howell is in the future plans of Washington anymore, again, I, I, I really don't care. We're not talking about the commanders. We're talking about the Niners. It's Niners versus Jacoby Brissett. Now, Brissett came in in each of the past two games for the Washington commanders after Howell was not playing well, and Brissett nearly rallied them, completing almost 80% of his passes for 224 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. So, Brissett is a little bit more dangerous than maybe even Sam Howell would have been, which should put the 
the 49ers on red alert for this game a little bit more than they might have been. I think coming out of that Ravens game, they're on red alert, period. Needing to win two of their next two games to have the number one seed, I think, has them on red alert, period. I'm not worried about the Niners' focus. I don't think you should be either. But now their focus is going to be on Jacoby Brissett, which makes the commanders a little bit of a different animal. They're still a very killable animal, without a doubt. They're a very killable animal. Um, Washington has lost six in a row. They're four and 11 on the year. And again, they're going to be hosting the Niners on New Year's Eve day on the 31st, 10 a.m. West coast time. That means post game and Damon will be coming to you about what? One, one ish in the afternoon, probably around then one ish, depending on how the game flows. So we will see you Sunday for a little post game and Damon at the two minute warning. I certainly hope. Go ahead, click like, subscribe, notify. You won't miss a thing. You won't miss a thing. Uh, what do we got? We got uh, about 175 people here in the room right now, which is good for a, 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 a humo day. Happy humo day. Um, uh, especially on a, on, on, on a Christmas break Wednesday. So thank you for being here. If there are 175-ish people, that means there should be 175-ish likes. Those are free. You can give me a like for free. You can give me a subscribe for free. You want a super chat? You want a membership? All right, now you got to dip into your pocket. The free stuff. How about giving some? Look, it, it is the season to give rather than, re than receive, right? So drop a like if you want. Uh, one other bit of NFL news when it comes to quarterbacks being benched is the Denver Broncos are benching Russell Wilson, which... Is interesting because uh, Sean Payton told the team this morning that Jared Stidham is going to be starting the rest of the way, or at least on on Sunday, and Russell Wilson's going to be the backup quarterback. As ESPN reports it. The quarterback change helps increase the Broncos' financial flexibility this upcoming offseason as Wilson will make an additional $37 million in guaranteed money if he can't pass a physical by early March. An injury to Wilson in either of Denver's last two games of the season could trigger that guarantee. Now, that sounds an awful lot like they're thinking about moving on from Russell Wilson, doesn't it? Now, here's where it gets kind of complicated. Next season marks the first season of the five-year, $242.6 million contract extension that they've entered with Russell Wilson. So the whole, like, you think you're going to cut that guy? Oh, my God. I mean, they are in a long-term marriage with someone that they're getting now cold feet about playing in the last two games because it could trigger a guarantee. This guy's supposed to be your quarterback for five more years. You shouldn't be worried about that guarantee unless Sean Payton is thinking, we just got to cut the losses and get out from underneath this guy's contract. So kind of amazing what's going on in Denver. The Russell Wilson trade and contract extension is really on its way to going down to one of the worst investments in NFL history. And that's something else. We'll do a little Club Plus. We'll hop into it and hang out there for a little while in just a bit here. But 
Let me wrap up with two NBA notes. Number one, the Golden State Warriors are 15 and 15, and they are every bit as average as a 15 and 15 record sounds. The players that Steve Kerr is hesitant to play, are hesitant to play, are outperforming a lot of the starters that he insists on playing. Therein lies the rub of who are the Golden State Warriors. They begin a seven-game homestand Thursday against the Miami Heat, and I'm going to tell you, they need to win like five of these seven games. They need to start stacking some wins in the right column. They have run out of excuses and mulligan games. They pissed them all away pretty early this year. So, big homestand for the Warriors begins Thursday night at Chase Center. Miami Heat, the first on the docket. And that brings us to the worst situation in the NBA. And that situation is the situation that Detroit Pistons find themselves in after losing their 27th consecutive single-season game on Tuesday night. Next up is the overall record of 28 straight losses, which was set by the process Philadelphia 76ers, but that wrapped around two seasons. It's bad. Pistons are bad. I mean, like, really bad. Oh, I see a super chat right here, so I was going to hop in right there. Uh, bottle pull time. Turk 101 still blackened comes back. No, I'm uh, no, 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 no. I'm not. No, no, no blackened today. I got things to do with the family today. <coughs> still trying to get over this too. You want to talk about a bad contract? Well, Russell Wilson is up there. How about the contract of head coach of the Detroit Pistons, Monty Williams? Do you see this? Monty Williams is 30 games into a six-year deal that is worth $80 million. He's 30 games in, and he's lost 28 of those, including 27 in a row? Dude, Monty Williams needs to be fired. 30 games into a six-year deal. He ain't right for that team. That team ain't right for him. Monty Williams wasn't right for what the Suns were doing. I mean, it. I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you about Monty, but it ain't working. Good God. And Sportacus says CMC is also without a Super Bowl. Yeah, but he doesn't need one. He's regarded as the best at what he does in this league with or without one. His contract is signed. It's guaranteed. He's got not, he's dating a, a former Miss Universe. McCaffrey doesn't need a Super Bowl. Of course, he wants one. It would add value, but there is no Christian McCaffrey didn't get a Super Bowl, and now we're subtracting value from him. So... I see people want to talk. People are all up in this chat. It's flying. It's moving. So let's get to it. I thank you so much for, for watching, for listening on the podcast, where I'll let you go by, if you are listening, letting you know that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.